0: Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of the Option Menu Crew Podcast. This is episode 35, and with you today is your usual crew members, uh, myself, Ryan, and Ed is with me today.
1: Yep, this is Ed, and uh, as always, I'm happy to be here and excited to talk about our topic this
0: week. That's right, and our topic this week is side quests and considering how much we play like role playing games and uh, specific types of action games we have a lot of experience with side quests so we uh we feel like we got a lot to talk about today um, so to start off with uh ed what's your side quest policy and by that i mean when you're playing a game that has side quests what what uh what do you go through in your mind depending on to determine whether or not you're going to like indulge in a side quest or, you know, do you even like choose to indulge in side quests in games? So where, where, what's your stance on that?
1: I often choose to indulge in side quests. And, um, I'd say usually whether or not I, I do depends on a few factors and that's probably well, maybe, yeah, I'd say three factors. One is, like, the ease of which they can be completed. So, you know, if there's a side quest that has, like, a relatively low barrier to completion, I'll give it a shot. Um, mm-hmm. And as we go in this podcast, I can mention a few examples of where that was uh, the case. Um, the other two things I look for are whether it offers, like, worthwhile rewards. Um you know, because some side quests, they don't get you anything or very little. Um, can, I, can I ask and, you a quick question there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, quick tangent that question because um, I'll, I'll answer this as well. But do you like look up the rewards or do you like when the quest like tells you up front? Because there's not a lot of side quests and not in my experience that actually tell you what the reward is up front or at least explicitly what you could get.
1: I don't usually look up the rewards in the beginning, but if, like, I, like I'll like, i try some side quests, and if I'm finding that, like, hey, these are worthwhile, then I'll keep doing them. But when I, if I get to a few that I'm seriously like, oh, that was garbage, I, I might look up the rewards for, you know, other side quests later, just to be like, are there any that I will not do just because the side quests have been really bad to be, to, from... You know from the beginning, you know maybe there's a few side quests that actually are worthwhile and have meaningful rewards and if most of them seem like they're not, I'd like to know the ones that are
0: hmm okay any other criteria that go into determining whether or not you you are going to do a side quest or you're gonna like do any of the side quests in the-
1: I'd say the last criterion that I would say is um just whether or not they offer any like meaningful characterization or like expansion of the game world. Like if, you know, if they, even if it's just like a side character and it, you learn something interesting that helps you understand the story or the world better. I, I like to do those. Um, and, you know, some games are really good at that where, you know, they have side quests where there's all these unique characters and sometimes they appear in multiple side quests and, you know it's fun to do those, and some of them are just so inconsequential. Um, but I usually go into a game, and I will try the side quests. Like I'm gonna give them a shot. Like I don't, I don't, I don't usually, and I never, I never end up doing all of them. Like I'm not a completionist, but I, I always give them a shot. And sometimes I find ones I'm interested in. One, um, one thing I will say, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, mm-hmm. is when you talk to someone and is it's kind of a two parter if you talk to a quest giver and you don't have a choice of whether or not to like refuse their quest and it just get automatically gets added to your quest log and then also if mm. you can't like abandon a quest because it just like eats at me when i have this lit, long list of incomplete quests and there's like multiple ones there that i just don't want to do but then i like feel obligated to do them because they're just sitting it there staring me at my quest log it's just I, I, I would like to have some more control over that. Like, you know, maybe the option to say, oh no, this quest sounds terrible. I don't want to do this, figure it out yourself (laughs) or, or the option to, once I've already accepted a quest, abandon it. And, and, you know, until I decide to accept it again, but uh, most games don't let you do that, but that would be a nice quality of life feature for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, an issue that I typically run into or see for, for games is that their quest logging is actually very poor, whether that's that they're not um, descriptive enough or the information is somehow like not pinned properly, or you can't accept more than one. Actually, that's, that's the thing I see is um, that's gotten better over time, but by contrast, a lot of people love to just pick up a bunch of side quests, or it seems to be the common preference is that let me pick up all the side quests and just have them in the log and then I'll tackle them as I go um, instead of like forcing so, a limit, like you can only carry one at a time and stuff like that. So um, going into uh, my halves, uh, I echo a lot of your, your sentiments. I typically do some side quests. It depends on the game and how I'm feeling about it because like like you said, The character development, I'm definitely, if I'm enjoying the game, if I'm enjoying these characters, I want to see what else happens. I want to see what kind of rewards I get, and I want to see how the world builds out. Not every game does that really well, um, or well in general. Some side quests are totally just, you know, stuff for getting extra resources. Maybe you pick up some weapons, some armor, whatever. And side quests aren't just in RPGs. They're in all sorts of different games, or they're even side objectives. Uh, To be a little topical, I was just going to ask Ed. Do you consider, like, the power-ups in uh, Metroid? Not the, not the required ones that actually move you forward, but, like, the extra missile and health tanks. Do you, like, find those, like... Do you consider those side quests?
1: No, I don't. I mean, would you... You're a big Zelda fan. Would you consider, like, finding a heart container a side quest?
0: That's the thing. I guess... I guess I kind of would. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's much difference between, like, a side quest and a side objective, especially because, like, well, for Zelda there's tons of the heart pieces to build heart containers. And so Metroid, like, you don't need every missile capacity upgrade, you don't need every heart tank, uh, E tank upgrade or, or energy tank upgrade. Those are extras, but they're still kind of quests because there's, they're all over the place. They'll take you into different parts of the, the, thing, of the game. You, you need certain upgrades to reach different ones and whatnot, and the game will often show them. So I feel like that's kind of worthwhile because a lot of the times we do side quests for the resources. It's rare that you ever get a quest that's purely just story and doesn't reward you in some way for doing it. Although there is some some intrinsic value to doing the rewards when it's just, like, story-wise. Um,
1: for me, a, a side quest has to have, like, a quest giver. So I suppose if there was someone, like, telling me I have to collect all these energy tanks, I might call it a quest. But if I'm, like, just discovering stuff there, I, I feel like a side quest has to have or any quest like there has to be someone who is like hey this is your quest like i i can't think of something that i would call a quest that isn't involved in other people
0: interesting interesting um yeah i don't know if i i necessarily agree with that but that's uh that's a distinction and I, i i don't know if we really need to answer the question of what is or is not a side quest because i feel like it, it we're splitting hairs between like oh this is an extra objective and this is an actual quote unquote quest but i suppose by like literal uh dictionary definitions there would be a, there is a difference um but yeah now that i'm thinking about it, like i'm the the wheels are turning and i'm just seeing like I've, there's so many different side quests so like zelda yeah there's definitely been quests like or perfect example no one tells you to collect the heart pieces but I remember distinctly I'm gonna pick out just this example because you said a quest giver Uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess there is specifically a NPC that you can meet Uh, her name is Agatha I believe and she has uh, she asks you to collect bugs out in the world so you get like a bug catching net and you collect um, specimens of bugs and when you bring collect enough and bring back, I believe she gives you wallet upgrades. I'm not sure if she gives you other upgrades as well. I, I forget. It's been so long since I've played the game, and I played it back when it originally came out on on Wii. Uh, it did come out on GameCube, obviously, a couple weeks later. But I, I played the Wii version, so that's back what I have. It. I didn't play the HD version that came out on, on Wii U, nor have I played it recently on on an emulator or done a replay. So yeah, that, that. So she tells you you go there, you check back in with her, and you get those and you'll get your periodic upgrades when you hit the milestones. Also, another super recent example, I'm uh it's it's very much a side objective or yeah, it's just as much a side objective as the bug collecting in Tales of Arise. Once you get uh the character Kisara who is um the female knight, she uh she's she's into fishing. And like there are ponds throughout the, the world map that you can go to and fish, and they, they have a different assortment of fish. And you collect lures, and you get rods uh, to enhance your fishing. So the lures basically determine which kind of fish you can catch at each spot, and then the rods determine your overall, um, like, uh, the stamina gauge on, on the fishing, because it's like a little uh, quick-time event mini game. And the, if you follow the prompts correctly... You wear down the fish's HP or stamina, whatever you want to call it, and then you land the fish, and you'll get and the rod determines how, basically how much room for error you have on this on the uh, on the quick time events. So, um, and then you check in and you get more lures or you get um. Uh, you'll get a new rod, and then you'll be able to catch more of the fish. And as you find more of the spots, as you explore the world, um. Now, the fish themselves, like, it seems like it's completely self-contained, but it's not completely self-contained because the fish, you can catch them, you can sell them for money, and you also, a couple of them are food ingredients. So uh, there's actually fish you don't catch that are just, there's water spots in the, in the, throughout the world, and when you go there, you just pick it up like a random resource. And then the other fish that you actually land, those ones are just for money, except for the top-tier fish. That are like boss fish, and they are a, considered a special ingredient for cooking, and you can use them. That you can also sell it because it is just a normal inventory entry, but it is uh, something that can be used for two things. So that's where the side quest itself um, has some value in terms of gameplay mechanics. In terms of intrinsic, uh, I'm not sure. Like, well, you, there's the Tales series has their own skit system. So it's really nice that you can also just trigger all these events and you get tons of character building from these random conversations that can happen. And random to relevant, because sometimes they trigger from uh, specific criteria that are uh, vague, and then other ones are, like, given to you when you, like, enter a new area or reach a specific spot. They're they're very much triggered along the way. But for the fishing one, there as you, like, get more and more fish, you will trigger the the scenes with Kisara and when you land start landing the boss fish there's additional scenes there that come up and also there's like some scenes that are related to it when you when you're cooking with certain characters as well so there's a, in a way like Tails has a lot of side questing because if you consider the reward the extra character building there's a lot of extra things you can do that get there uh that can get you these extra scenes and interactions with the characters now on the other side of that, because I'm I'm really enjoying my time with Tales of Arise. Uh, their side quests are pretty standard fare. Usually you find a quest giver, you talk to someone, they've got an issue, and then it's either like a fetch quest of some sort or fighting monsters, or they introduce you to like a su- one of the super bosses in the field. Um, they the side quests have rarely deviated from anything like that. I haven't like had to do any puzzle solving or mystery solving. There's, there's two quests I did have that ended up being kind of puzzle solving. Um, and so let me, let me ask you there, uh, Ed, when, what, kind of, what kind of activities do you like side quests to be? Do you know if it, like, do you, do you enjoy when it's like the RPG style where it's just straight up, like, uh, getting items or, or battling? Or do you like side quests to be a little more involved? What, what, what kind of side quests have you enjoyed?
1: I, I, a few re- the the most recent examples of side quests that I've enjoyed, actually really haven't been involved at all. They've been ones that gave me a little bit of a character development, um, uh, you know, had some good conversation or whatever associated with it, and also got me a pretty good reward. So I'm gonna <laughs> cite two games there. Both of them were Japanese RPGs. Um, I just finished Neo the world ends with you um, a week or so ago and the side quest in that mainly consisted of you know you had to find a person in an area with a little thought bubble over their head talk to them maybe it, the whole the whole side quest could be completed in the in the same area that you found the quest giver in and sometimes you would have to go, like, retrieve an item from somewhere in that area. Or other times they were, like, possessed by noise, which are the enemies in those games. And you would have to defeat the noise. And really, none of them took more than, like, ten minutes. And um, you would, what when you did one of those side quests, you would unlock their character on this the social grid, which was... Part one, it was like the, um, it was one of the tools you used to develop your abilities and, and you would get like a few what were called friendship points and you could unlock them on this web and they might do stuff like give you the ability to use a more powerful pin or make it so that, you know, your combos would build faster between certain characters. So, you know, they were important you know they were optional and they, and it would list in the menu every 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 day that had side quests it would say like someone needs your help in in this area and you would just go to that area and find them um but but they were almost not optional cuz i can't imagine not having the benefits of these um side quests i think it would make the game a lot harder to play um but but they were fun and i i liked it they were pretty basic um, but still gave me a good benefit and were usually kind of interesting. Um, another game that had a similar side quest setup that I played last year was um, uh, Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. Mm-hmm. And um, that one also had, they were called side stories in this, but you would just go you know, up to a character, initiate the side story. You might have to go, to a different area or solve a little puzzle you might have you know you might have to just figure out where to go to examine something and it would show you a little bit of a, a dialogue and then you get a new benefit that would let you you know use additional abilities in battle and these were similarly very essential to the game so they called them mm-hmm. side stories but really like you should be doing them and i i liked the the characterization in them and i liked they they gave you a good benefit. So. You know, for me, those were like the ideal examples of side quests, um, at least. And and that I guess that was that's how you would do it in a game that was not open world. Like open world side quests are a completely different thing because you're you're going to be going to the destination, whereas these were all pretty linear games with very small areas. Mm-hmm. So like it's not like you're going to be backtracking all over the whole world because there isn't much of a world to begin with. So. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of like lately gravitating away from open world games. I'm Mm kind of have that fatigue going on. So Um, I've I've enjoyed where it's not too much work to do the side quests. And I, you know, I get a good benefit out of them. Um, But like I said, it's it's hard to even describe as a side quest because they are optional. But the benefits you get are really kind of essential to how the game, each of those games work.
0: Okay, and so you mentioned, yeah, you're you're bringing this up. So I, I want to ask directly: Is what's your feeling on like how required side quests are? Do you, do you uh, would you actually prefer it if side quests were like mandatory, or or is that just something you're kind of putting in yourself personally? Is that you feel like the benefits from them are so good? I don't know why you'd skip them. Where, where's your head at in, in that regard? Um.
1: I don't know if i'd want them to be mandatory um you know part of it, i think is psychological because you know you feel like it's optional but like oh look at this extra content i'm getting and i feel good about doing it but like if it were mandatory maybe i wouldn't feel as good about doing it <laughs> um but like i'm trying to think of some games where side cuts were just very tedious um no, i didn't finish this game but did you ever play the first xenoblade chronicles no okay well in the original wii version i played a good amount of the wii version and i recently played some of the definitive edition for switch um those side quests were like so incredibly tedious mmo generic filler quests like go here kill this many enemies or collect this many of this item um and in the original game they were really bad. But in the definitive edition, they updated it so um, you know you could collect all these quests. Uh, it would automatically You know, if you had a quest active, it would automatically highlight the enemies on the field that you needed to to complete it. Yeah. If you if you collected an item before you got a quest that needed it, it would give you this like little premonition that like, hey, I'm gonna need this berry for this quest coming up. So you would know to keep it. So like it did a good job of making the quests a little more tolerable. Um and it also had the case where, you know, they uh the the quests would uh automatically complete. You wouldn't have to go back to the quest giver to get your reward. So yeah. I I I'm glad those were optional because I don't think they were fun even though even though they, the later version, the definitive edition, did do a good job of making them very easy to complete, but and and I think a lot of quests are like that. They're they're not necessarily that much fun. They are just go here to get this item, um, and I'm not a fan of those very well, very much. Rather,
0: yeah, I did play Xenoblade Chronicles X, but I, I I'm pretty sure the side quests were pretty much PDS. As well, because I can't think of anything specifically. However, one of the things where, like, in terms of criteria for doing side quests, I, I never really answered for myself with that. So I, I, do, I, I do like to engage in side quests. But, of course, there's some that are better than others. And that's the thing where I kind of, whether or not I do a side quest, it's based on the game and the feel. So there's a, an interesting situation where, like, um, I do want to talk about like Borderlands for, for a hot second because Borderlands is unique in that it's, uh, it's very Diablo inspired. And so part of its inspiration with that is that they want you to replay the game a couple times Uh, at first. Uh, and that's gotten a little bit better over the the four main entries that they've had. Borderlands one, Borderlands two, pre-sequel and Borderlands three and Borderlands. Uh, so Borderlands one and two and two, I played the most of, um, what you do is you do your initial playthrough, which has a soft level cap of around 30. The, standard, the starting level cap is like 50. So you, you go through the first playthrough of that. You, you get up to about level 30 in terms of your gear and your character level. Then you do the second playthrough, which increases the level and starts you out with everything like at around 30. And then you play up to 50, and then all the loot scales up. But you get all the same loot again. Like There's signature legendary guns that come from... No, well, not just legendary guns, but legendary gear from bosses and side quests and everything and go through there. So there, you can get all the side quests in both playthroughs. So in number one, I had no idea how Borderlands worked. So I played through it. and I noticed and I did. I'm like, oh, you get all the side quests again. And the whole point is, well, you can go through the side quests. You can get the unique gear. And then when you go back through, that's the only way to get the, the higher level version of the unique gear is also playing through again and doing those quests when you're at the right level because you receive the gear scaled to you based on that level. Um, well, once I learned that for in Borderlands 1, and I played a bunch of Borderlands 1 because I went through a whole bunch of times leveling up each of the characters, <clears throat> they all level up individually. Then for Borderlands 2, I decided, okay, well, now that I know that this is how this game works, if it, it works the same... What i'm going to do is on playthrough one i didn't do any of the side quests because i'm like all of that i don't want to repeat all that content i've I, i've uh changed my my tolerance for wasting my own time and or how i value my time in the game so i'm like all right i know i'm already going to play the second i know the the starting quest is going to be absolutely the same the gear grind of this kind of rpg is that you know you you get the higher level stuff and so you drop the old stuff so i'm like. All of this gear on this first wave, I'm going to get rid of at some point. None of it's going to hold up. So I didn't do any of the side quests on the first playthrough. And then on the second playthrough, since I'd already know all the story content, I started doing the side quests along the way because then that would be fresh content for myself. Now that's a unique situation because Borderlands is a game designed to be replayed. When it comes to other RPGs, I... uh <laughs> uh, All I can think of is like the really good examples minus the few really poor examples that we've we had from like near replicant that we we were you know because we were discussing that a ton but like Witcher 3 Mass Effect which I just recently completed my playthrough of the Mass Effect trilogy and so that has some excellent side quests and some excellent side quest design like 2 and Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 are both built in such a way that doing the side quests really matters and in Mass Effect One, now with like the hindsight, especially all aside, that's like the most where the where the uh, the side quests are optional, and what you do there will feed into elements you'll see in two and three. So that that's that's a whole other discussion there that we'll 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 touch on maybe a bit more. Um, so with my criteria, it's also like depending on how I feel, like I I try if the plot is giving me like a type of a sense of urgency. I will typically avoid doing side quests till I hit what feels like a natural, like, lull in the story for me to go like, okay, you know what? This makes sense. I can kind of go off and talk to all these people. And that's like what I'm doing in Tales of Arise and stuff like that. And I I think I would say I prefer side quests to be optional. I think side quests are designed by nature to be optional. But I wondered, because we were talking about, like, with with games that are more open, like typical Japanese RPGs where they've got some openness or like Western RPGs that are really open or even open world games like now, like there's there's probably, I'm not familiar with Grand Theft Auto, but you and I have both played Red Dead Redemption 2 and there's a lot of side quests in that game. And I'd say a lot of the side quests are worthwhile because you'll meet interesting characters, you'll have interesting character moments and you can get some decent upgrades or some extra money or stuff like that. Um, but by no means would I want it to feel like well, if you do this side quest, the, the piece of gear or item or thing you get or is, is so good or critical that you couldn't complete the main game without it. I think, if anything, it's like if you do a side objective, it either just teaches you more about the world or it can give you something that will make the game either way better or way more interesting. Um, and currently, like I can't remember everything with uh, with Red Dead. Um, but I did want to lead into something when I was talking about Red Dead is the idea of like secret side quests There's things that you sometimes like aren't obvious. Do you prefer? Uh, do you have a preference on? Do you want all the side quests to be highlighted? Do you want like all the characters and anything that you could do like you want a hint to know where they are? Or do you like kind of organically discovering or w- where's your where's your mix there?
1: Um, You mean like in Red Dead how all the stranger quests were not like you know they weren't just icons on your map you kind of had to stumble across them
0: uh there's yeah there's there's like that one uh that that style there and i don't remember if this one was marked or not but i uh there was also i still like remember they, they
1: didn't they didn't mark them until you kind of were in their vicinity
0: yeah and then it was just like Red a radius too. Mm-hmm. yeah um and i can't remember if this one was actually marked if it was like totally secret was the uh I, I remember the, the short story towards the end of the game, the widow in the woods. And I think you actually checked in with her like two or three times. Do you remember that?
1: Maybe sounds familiar. I don't, it's,
0: it sounds like a horror story. A but... It's
1: been a while. It's been like three years since I played that game. So, okay.
0: Uh, well th- that it's been a, like a while for me too. I played it on the PC really. So more recent than you in that regard, but like it was still actually it might be about the same time at this point. Um, is specifically I think you find an abandoned cabin in the woods. And then what yeah I think I don't think it's marked at all. Like you just find an uh, what seems like an abandoned yet lived in cabin in the woods. You walk in, Arthur has uh faints and then you're you're woken up and it, this woman's talking to you and you find out like she used to live there with her husband, but her husband died, but she wants to keep up because they moved out to the wilderness to just kind of live their lives so she's kind of keeping their dream alive and then with Arthur like you can do some hunting with her or you can check with her you t- I think you teach her how to be like a better marksman um or something like that you, you go on a few hunting trips you kind of just keep her company and I think you can check yeah, in on I don't her, like, think I did times. I don't
1: think I did that one
0: <laughs> okay uh so yeah I have to double check and listeners can obviously let us know if it's um if that one was marked or unmarked but I felt like some of that's really cool I do think there's a specific thrill to if you're exploring and suddenly you stumble upon a brand new quest. Whereas, also, I guess I also kind of hate, and I do. It does kind of peeve me off when I don't know because I am a person who likes to do side quests. Where not knowing that there's something there, so I think that was kind of like a good middle ground. It's like, hey, we're gonna give you some object. It. We're gonna give you let you know something's around here. Something you might want to see. But we're not going to tell you exactly where. You can discover it. And when you do, you'll know. So you definitely, when you know, you know. I like that thing. But uh, I suppose that when it's like a big map like that, I do like the idea that you can you can find it. Um, yeah, is there any uh, interesting side quest you remember where it's like you kind of stumbled upon it?
1: Hmm. Let me think. Let me look at the...
0: I list the games. Well, while you're looking, I did have another example. So this is actually a secret side quest. And I found this because I, ha- I started looking up because I wanted to clear out everything. Zelda Breath of the Wild. There, a lot of the side quests you can easily find. But there's a couple where it takes a little extra effort to get them. And I'm not talking just like shrines and, and stuff. There's actually like a, a side quest um, in the optional village. So there's one side quest where you build up you, you help build up an additional town. And that one's pretty straightforward. You go there, you, uh, or actually, no, it, it, it is a little interesting. It's not it's completely straightforward. And when I said straightforward, I was thinking about the fact is you need to donate money. And then as you donate money over time, it built, the town gets bigger and bigger. But to start off with, you meet these eccentric carpenters and they're looking for uh, people with specific names. Their letter starts with a specific initial. And I forget what it is. Uh, what the actual initial is cuz it's all the same but or uh or some like suffix or something like that to their name but either way you find these people and then you report them back and they like go and they, that's how you recruit people to help build build up the town whether they're shopkeepers or like uh groundskeepers or something like that you know whatever the job is and then you're donating money on the side once that town's built up there's people that live there and then a new there's a hidden side quest the how it's hidden is that there's no markers for it. The only way you can discover it is, uh, the or the way you discover it, is you go behind a house at a specific time of day, which is day, a specific time of night, and you stand outside the window and you can eavesdrop. And I think you have to eavesdrop like three times and then it triggers the quest. So you, there's no, as far as I know, there's there's no hints or clues to find it. That's something where you just kind of stumble upon it. Um, I think, I think the only possible hint that something's going on is that if you happen to go there at the right time in the right spot, like it automatically shoots out like a text bubble when you're passing the area. Uh, but other than that, I didn't recall if there was any sort of trigger or hints to get you to to do that. So it's very secret side quest. And I was like, I was both impressed that I'm like, holy crap, this is like a secret that you can just find or stumble upon, and that people would miss. So I'll be like, have you done this? It's one of those nice little hearsay things, water cooler talk. Whereas, at the same time, I'm like, I would also be kind of upset if I didn't know because that the quest itself was also kind of interesting, and not not having in game hints to be able to find quests can be. Um, I would I would have preferred some like more subtle thing like that, a, 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 where you can get like a clue to be able to go, hey, there could there could be some content here, and then you got to solve it out. So. I like that being a puzzle aspect. I don't think I like anything being completely hidden. I don't know if you've come up with a
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I typically prefer a quest to be um, marked. But, you know, I don't mind if they're hidden because I can always look it up if I want to know or I stumble across it. Like, um, But when I'm playing a game... I kind of like them to be marked. I mean, I can't really think of a hidden quest I stumbled across that I wasn't really looking for. Um but I did have a thought. Earlier you mentioned how sometimes the story has more urgency than than you know the the amount of side quests you're doing yeah. would, would suggest. And um in in Neo, the world ends with you that I just finished. It was funny near the end of the game when things were heating up. You know, one of the characters as you were doing side quests, was like, "Man, you sure like helping people." Like was you know commenting on the fact that, "Hey, we got a quest. Why 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 are you just going around helping random people?" So I thought that was kind of funny that they were acknowledging that that there is so much urgency. Why are we wasting time on these trivial problems? But um, that that. That never usually bothered me, to be honest. I know I know people so, sometimes cite that as a as an immersion breaker, but I'm I'm pretty good suspending my disbelief in those situations. Um, but uh, you know, back to the idea of hidden versus uh, you know marked side quests. I like them to be marked. Um, you know mm-hmm. you I, even like the Metroid games, where you know you um you asked me whether the power ups were uh, um, a side quest i I like the I like the ones that have a map that kind of makes it more obvious where at least what parts of the map have a have a um power up mm-hmm. and whether or not you've collected them, like zero mission and fusion, they will. I th- I think what they do is they have like a a dot on the map in a room where there might be an item and it changes to a circle when you've collected it, mm. or it might be the it might be the other way around. I can't mm. remember, but um, you know, it may it you know not every area on the map is marked, so you still have to uncover hidden areas. But you know, it gives you a good idea of where you may have missed a hidden item, and um, you know, Super Metroid does that. It has dots but they don't change the circles when you collect items. So you can't like look at the map and be like, "Hey, did I collect that item in this area?" And it also does some really like devious stuff where, you know, there might be a dot in a square on the map, but that map area actually has two hidden items. So you might collect something that's like obvious and don't realize that you have to bomb another brick to expose another missile tank. So there's a few rooms that have two missile tanks that are really like, you know, trickers as, as to yeah. whether or not you've collected the items. Um, so I like, I like that in Metro games or even in games where like, it tells you what percentage of collectibles you have in an area. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think Paper Mario Origami King did that. You and I both played that yep. where, um, it would tell you how many of the toads you found in an area. Yep. So if you're, if you were really going for like a hundred percent, you, you have a better idea of where you're missing something. So, um, yeah, you know, collect, collectibles. It's nice to at least have a a number to go for. So, you know, when you're finished and how close you are.
0: Yeah. I think that would be, if we're talking like about ideal systems here, I think like uh, red dead had a pretty good, um, system there. I think in your menus, there should be a total, like a total list of, of all the side quests. And then they start out just like all question marks, you know, like, by lines, and you're just like, if it's like an area-based game, like um, like towns, villages, sections, whatever you want to call it, however it's broken up, it'd be nice if the, there was a glossary list so you could just be like, okay, there's this many quests in this world, there's this many quests in this section, and so it doesn't necessarily tell you where they uh, you know, how to acquire them or where they are, but it lets you know that in this area you can there are these this number of quests to solve. And then it would be nice if there was some in-game way, whether that's like a fortune teller type character or some sort of like research you can do, that whenever it drops, whenever you find a hint that would lead you to a side quest, that it would go there and be like, hey, when you highlight that, that line item in your, quest, in your quest glossary, it'd be like, hey, you got clue number one that possibly going to this alley, there might be something interesting. And then maybe you can find like a couple. That way you can kind of puzzle it out and then there, like, there's some obvious quests where, like, you you've met the person, they're gonna have quests for you. They might they have something, and the game just has it in the menu, so you can always reference it. Um, that way it's not too hidden, but it's also not, uh, it's not super obvious. So you you feel like there's a little bit of game to be played there. Um, and so yeah, let's. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. it says nice when when the game has like in game resources for finding those things, yeah, like I keep talking about Neo the world ends with you, but it had you could unlock um like social links that would let you reveal how to how to um evolve certain pins or it would let you um reveal where certain other collectibles were so every, every you 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 could conceivably a hundred percent that game um and it would eventually you were able to unlock all the information you needed to within the game. Um and Paper Mario was like that too, where like the toads you would get tools that would help you locate the toads. Like it's nice when the progression in the game enables you to actually complete it, if 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 at least if that's your desire to. Um, like I don't know how you could possibly find all the Korik seeds in um Breath of the Wild. If you, I guess, if you wanted all nine hundred of them,
0: yeah, and it's they're You're not really meant to because the item you get is more like a an achievement unlock than it is like an actual, than it is like a reward or something. Because that you've seen what the reward is, right?
1: Yeah, I have.
0: Yeah, so it's it's a golden. I forget what they call it in game, but it, it looks like a golden poo. It's basically uh or a giant korok seed, I think they call it, and uh, but it looks like a giant golden poo, which is basically like hey this is to mark that you did the thing yeah. um what's which is really funny the for that like that there for the Korok seeds because eventually you ma- the Korok seeds for those who don't know are used to pay for additional inventory slots but you reach your maximum inventory slots well before you reach the maximum amount of Korok seeds cuz like i said there's 900 and that they put that many in the game, so that way there's tons to find, so it's easy to get to where you want to go without um, having to need to get all of them, which I appreciate as well. Uh, that could drive people nuts because they might think like, "How do I know that I shouldn't collect all 900?" And like that, that I can also feel for. Um, which, when you were talking about that, I actually had an interesting side thought. Would you prefer if quests? were actually, like, categorized based on what their actual, like, um, gameplay was? Like, is this a fetch, is this an item fetch quest? Is this a combat fetch quest? Is this a, um, or, like, a story fight? Would you appreciate if they actually categorized them out so you knew what kind of gameplay you were getting into, and that way you could choose, like, I don't want to do any of the fighting quests. I don't want to do any of the item grabbing quests. Or, you know, I only want to do those unique quests. What do you, what do you think of that what, The idea?
1: Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, it's never bad to give you more information about a quest before you do it. Like, I think we talked about earlier whether or not it tells you your reward before you accept the quest. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. Another, another really useful feature that some games do is they give you a recommended level for a quest. Yeah. Um, so you, so you have an idea of whether or not you are ready to attempt it. Um, I think a quest should always
0: tell you whether or not you can or can't uh completed at this time
1: oh like parts of it are story gated
0: yeah yeah like you haven't reached the area to complete it yet or something like that uh as long as there's something obvious that tells you it should be noted like hey revisit this that way you're not like because people could bang their head against the wall trying to figure out like what am i doing wrong it's like literally you're just not you're not far enough along we gave it to you early so that way you have something to come back to like, I could imagine, like, in uh, for Tails, I can use a perfect example is that there's, um, and it's a combat quest where they drop, like, a super enemy into the map, and you're supposed to eventually fight it, but you, you start out, like, you get at the beginning of the game when you're, like, level 10, and the enemy's level 42. You're not meant uh. to come back and fight that thing for a long time, but they give you access to it right away, so you can kind of smash your head against it and realize, oh, it's too strong. Like, even though it's like an action game and it feels like you should be able to maybe brute force it. If you were really good, yeah, you could probably brute force it, but you're doing like one damage to this thing that, and it has a health bar. So it has a health bar and it shows you how much HP it has. So, you know, you're not supposed to be fighting that thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I you, you talk about like, if you're in the right area, you yeah, know, that's another thing that would be nice. I, 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 I like think I mentioned this a little earlier that it's nice when, you don't have to like run all over the world to complete a quest or at least if there's, um, you know, fast travel to
0: make that easier. A good fast travel Um, system makes all the difference.
1: But you really want, I think we haven't mentioned it yet, but you really want to talk about nonsense quests is, uh, we both played this earlier this year is, is near replicant. Um,
0: yeah, hang on. I'll look up the, I think it's a a version 1.2, right? Is how they do it? So,
1: yeah, it's it's like it's the square root of 1.5 whatever that is. That's what that's where the number comes from. I at from. least want to
0: get those for Yeah, it's it's considered near replicant version 1.2 and then a bunch of numbers. So it is yeah. the uh, Yeah, but the remaster of the original Near.
1: The version upgrade,
0: the version upgrade. Yeah, it's still a remaster whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, we were talking about. It. So we did all the quests because we both knew going into it what it was required to get all the endings, but we also heard that some of the quests are great, and some of the quests are not and then we discovered uh well that we were gonna we wanted to do a dedicated near episode because um uh, because of that, but we're trying to get a special guest for that one as well, uh who's also a huge near fan so <clears throat> let's talk about near for a second there um what quest did you want to talk about first? What, um, what's the side quest that sticks out in your mind?
1: Oh man, just some of the I like. I did some of the quests early on just to help me make some money because you know you need to buy all the weapons to get all the endings, right? Um, and but some of the quests in the second half to get the required weapons. You know they had like five six seven different parts which were just so tedious um and try i'm trying to remember parts that were really bad but one, one of the weapon quests was it just had you running all like I, I must have blocked it out. They were so terrible, <laughs> but I, I just, I just remember just dreading having to complete these. And really I just powered through it because I wanted to get all the endings. Um, yeah. The one that sticks out is, is the one where you're like, there's a father trying to find his son. Yeah. And um, I didn't complete this one. I ended oh. up I, I ended up looking. Okay. I ended up looking up the ending and I was like, no way, I'm not doing this, but you, maybe you can speak to whether or not it was worth it for you.
0: So I would say it was worth it to me, because this is one of those few missions where I thought what happened was very interesting. It seemed very boring at first, and just the way it ended, I'm like, totally made it for me. And it's unique because you actually don't get a reward. So as you said, it starts out with, you talk to a dad, and he's looking for his son who's run away. Tells you he wears a funny hat. He dresses funny. That's how you know. So you, it's a very unique looking NPC. Gives you, I think you do have to talk to like a few townspeople to get an idea of where he goes. Um, I don't know if... And that's the other thing. I don't know. And I think it's... I think side quests, um, when they're like puzzle solving of some some sort, they shouldn't require you to do all the steps to complete it. If you want to just like... Like, say you didn't talk to any, other, any of the other villagers or get the clues. You could just go, and his NPC is going to be there, and you could talk to him and be like, well, that's a different-looking NPC. I wonder if that's related. And you it triggers the next step. I think you should be able to do some sequence breaking in that regard because I think, like, clues and hints should be there for, like, helping you get to where you need to go, but you shouldn't be required to, like, flag those in order to get NPC. I hate that when it's, like, quest is, like, um when, when it doesn't, and it depends on if it makes sense or not. But regardless, it's a little sidetrack. So anyway, you get hints and clues. You go, you talk to the guy, and you find him. He's like, yeah, well, no, my dad wants me to take over the family business, but I'm like a free spirit, man. And you're like, okay, whatever, dude. And he's like, all right, all right. You know what? I- I'm, I'll am i go back, but this one dude's been taking care of me, and I really want to pay him back, and you help me get him a gift. You go, okay. So you go back. You go do your fetch quest. You come back to, to talk to the guy, and he's gone but the quest, so the quest markers over someone else It's like, Oh yeah. Or you go to talk to the, you notice the guy's gone. So you go back to talk to the guy that was, he said he was taking care of that. The son was saying was taking care of him. You talk to him I'm like, Oh yeah, that dude, he just kind of ran off. I don't know. And I think, where do you think he was going? Well, I think I heard he was talking about this. Go check the next spot. You find him again and do like, what happened here? And it's like, Same thing. The dude's like, oh, well, you know, and I'm like, I just really don't want to go back, and I'm sorry, but you know what? For real this time. And tells you something, you go, you do the thing, you come back, he's gone again. You repeat one more step. You talk to the guy, and he's like, all right, fine, you got me. And you call his bluff, and the the guy says he's going to go back to his dad. So you go back. I think you escort him then, I I think is that last step. So you escort him back to his dad. And then it's like, okay, well thanks for, for bringing back my son. And like hit exactly how the conversation goes, but like you leave, you don't get a reward, you come back and you want to check on the NPC and instead of the the father and the son, it's a guardsman at their place. And considering this is near, you expect, oh, something really sad just happened, like, whatever. Talk to the guard and he's like, oh yeah, no, we've been investigating these guys. The, the, the one dude runs a like he's a crime Lord and he was trying to get his getting ready for uh, from what we heard he was grooming his son to get ready to take over the business and yeah they just they just skipped out because they were back on taxes or something like that and you're like huh? and I think there's even dialogue that says like oh well sometimes I guess the lesson is sometimes things don't work out and it's like you just realize you inadvertently helped a mafia boss get his son back or crime Lord whatever you want to call him and Uh, the son was trying to escape the life of crime and you just don't get any reward. It's just a world building thing. You just like experienced a side story. And I was like, not expecting the ending. And it's so like, it's such a near kind of side quest that I was just like, I love it. I'm glad I did that. That was fun. That was super fulfilling to like, and I didn't know that was how the quest was going to end. I just was doing a side quest, but like every step of the way, I like the idea that the dude was lying to me and ditching out. And I, after like the, the first time, I'm like, all right, this is probably going to happen again or whatever. So that wasn't too surprising, but it was always funny what was going to happen or what was going to be said and be, being able to call the guy or the, your character calling out the, the son on that and then that resolution. I thought that was very satisfying. It's very different. It just l- leads you down a path that you didn't know where was going. I like that kind of stuff. So that was that was a that was refreshing, even if I didn't get a reward, because the quest itself literally felt like its own reward. How does that sound? Yeah,
1: but, I, I don't think I would have felt that way. <laughs>
0: um, speaking, I of, mean, yeah.
1: I remember um, one quest you were doing, uh, Vice, your your floating book companion. Yeah, remarks remarks about how he wishes there were more quests that could be completed in the vicinity of the quest giver yeah and i uh i definitely agree with that comment i'm not a fan of just running all over you know the 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 country to to complete my quests well
0: that yeah but near replicant in general that has a very small world with a very poor fast traveling system um and that is yeah it 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 makes a lot of sense and it's nice to have the in-game humor so you can kind of laugh with it but the fact that you still have to do it and there's you know there is you don't have to do every side quest. there's a bunch later on that are just money wise you don't have to complete them they're not even really that interesting and you can just skip them there there someone out there could write like an optimal guide of like do these ones because these are the ones that'll get you weapons. these are the ones with the unique enough stories um and that's that's really all there is to it we we will save discussing that for uh an, another time but yeah there there was sure. that uh, uh there's also some other interesting like side quests um and I, I feel like I could talk about them for days, but I like I like him when they have little mini games or I like them when they when they require some puzzles like I, I picked up one quest in, in Tails where the guys like, hey, uh, he's I, I don't think he's even telling me what the reward is going to be. Uh, It was just a matter of he's like, I'm going to give you three clues figure them out and when you figure out the thing or find what you're looking find what I'm looking for, you can bring it back to me or you tell me what you found and then I'll give you your reward. So I haven't really delved into that yet. Um, I just kind of took it and I'm because I figured, you know what? I don't even know if I'm in all the right areas for this. so I'm gonna leave it alone for now. and I haven't found any clues for that. Uh, but something that was a smaller version of that was there's a a recurring NPC that gives you new special recipes for cooking. And I know that's sounding also Final Fantasy 15-ish, but like Tails has also been doing cooking for forever, so it's you know JRPGs are very similar: fishing mini games, the cooking mini games, crafting, whatever. Uh, this NPC, like normally, he would just tell you, "Please find these ingredients, and then I'm going to cook up this dish, and then we'll try this out." And then if you have the the ingredients, you just give it to him and. You can write in the quest, and it, and, it hap- and you can just finish the dialogue and get the recipe. Um, but for this one, he said, I found this recipe, but it but the paper is kind of, like, damaged, so or it's written in, like, a weird way. It just describes the ingredients. And he's like, so I'm not going to tell you what the ingredients are, but here's the clues to figure out those ingredients. And, like, two of them I already had, and I couldn't figure out what the last one was. And then I realized it was something I didn't have yet, because I, I was like, what, what what could this be? And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh the only because the only way to do it was was to uh partake partake in another side quest to get this exclusive resource so once i got that ingredient then um i was able to complete the so i had to look that up because i was not sure what i was was looking for um which which is tough but i guess like that's part of it and the recipe is not absolutely necessary it's a good recipe but it's it's not absolutely necessary when talking about like side uh, mini games and stuff. Um, the bug catching mini game is kind of a, the bug catching thing is kind of a mini game. But uh, what was it like I what specifically popped in my head when I was thinking about that is in the game Astral Chain for Nintendo Switch made by Platinum Games. Is uh, there's a side quest where you're giving someone an ice cream cone. And what you do is you go to an ice cream stand and you can order different numbers of scoops. I think if you order it for yourself, you get, like, a temporary stat buff. Uh, But for this quest, there's, um, you get an ice cream cone, and you can get, I think, like, one, five, or ten scoops. And it's a physics object. What happens is, when you get the ten, the perfect thing you can do is get the ten scoop, but then because it's, like, the comical, like, stacked straight up ice cream cone, (laughs) it's, like, hot, you know, it's super tall, and you have to do a balancing game to get it over to the NPC with losing as few scoops as possible to get the best reward. Now, I looked into what the rewards were because it's really hard to do. But I love it when the games mix up the mechanics or even like the puzzle solving, like just not straight up combat or stuff like that. I don't mind if there is combat. I don't mind if, you're, if part of the objective is finding an item, but don't. It does get a little boring if all the quests are just find this for me and bring it back. Go here, do the fight these monsters here. I don't mind if that stuff's involved. Like, hey, in your part of your along the way, you have to fight some monsters, or you're going to monsters will be in your way. <laughs> Ed's cat is in the background, just absolutely like exploring the house like a mad, uh,
1: he's causing trouble.
0: Yeah, he's looking,
1: hey, he, I Every time I look, he's up up on top of something or knocking something down. I
0: yeah. For our finally, listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners, I've been watching the cat jump around, but it's it. It's been fine. I didn't want to up, interrupt the flow of the conversation. But yeah, that that loud bang was the the cat is it, uh, is up at its game. <laughs> so, um.
1: But well, you, you were talking about mini games though? Yeah, um, mini
0: games in the side quest.
1: I'm not usually a fan of mini games because I feel like in most. RPGs they are just full of mechanics that are just infuriating and I, I you know it's like um they can
0: be that's it, true maybe
1: maybe this is not a good example because like Final Fantasy 10 is just like full of bad mini games but yeah. you know like the lightning dodging for Lulu's ultimate weapon or the chocobo racing the blitz ball yeah. I just I never did any of those I couldn't be bothered um I just I I for that kind of stuff I don't think I I ever even like the thought crossed my mind that maybe like hey maybe I might do this it's just like no no way um and I actually want to try the most recent yakuza game like a dragon yeah. but I I I know those are just like full of mini games so I and some of them are like somewhat required for progression so we'll see how much i actually enjoy that but i want to try it yeah but i've never really been too big of a fan of mini games um I'm trying to think what have i played where i liked liked the mini games and didn't just like
0: while you're thinking of that i did want to bring up the yakuza game and the the spinoff the judgment and lost judgment because while well, i haven't had a chance to play those yet and i think i want to play judgment and lost judgment just because they're like a clean departure from the yakuza games And yes, I know for our fans, for our listeners who are Yakuza fans, I I completely respect the series. I'm just not sure if I really want to commit to that because it is a lot of games and I know it's a lot of, uh, there there can be some jank. I am impressed by what I've seen from the games and what they do with their side quest designs. But just for a more recent example, a, a streamer I watch is playing Lost Judgment and they were describing on a podcast like just how involved the side quests can be. And they're like, these side quests are practically their own mini games and their own, like, side stories, like complete expansions of that. So I wanted to come, and that's, that's great, because I'm, when I'm enjoying a game, I'm always looking for more content, and I just want new experiences within that universe and that world. But, Ed, do you have um, a preference, or what are your thoughts on, like, the how big do you like side quests to be? You enjoy it when you find out like, oh my god, this side quest is like a huge multi-step like own side adventure? Or do you prefer it to be these kind of like little bullet point things where you just get little they're like spice to the to the overall uh meal that is the main game? How how divergent do you like those the side quests to be?
1: I think I usually like it to be more on the the spice side of things. Mm-hmm. Um but I did like the quests a lot in Red Dead Redemption 2. I ended up doing a lot of those side quests and you know some of them had you riding a good distance and doing other mini games and challenges. So like I, I thought those were fun. Um but yeah. I I you know especially I especially in the recent years, I haven't played many like many games where um they were well to look like I I I don't know about you, but I like to keep a list of the games that I finish and um
0: I have to start too looking
1: that. at the I'm looking at that now. Uh you were telling me like Oh Death Stranding. I know you and I both played that oh, and like side go. side quests in that were just carry more cargo. Um <sighs> and I just that didn't really grab me as that much. there's um,
0: there's only one side but, quest I want to talk about in that one. Maybe which you one is that? It
1: is it the pizza
0: one? No, it's not the pizza one. Although that that payoff is worthwhile. No, I was going to talk about the one where and this is a side I'm pretty sure this is actually a side quest. Is the one where you bring the girlfriend to the boyfriend?
1: Oh, like on on your back?
0: Yeah, because she's like actually like an actress or no, something. No,
1: I think I think that's required. I think that's required. Really? I
0: was pretty sure that was a side quest. That you and just and
1: like... and isn't like the the yeah. You know, I guess we're going a little bit in the spoilers here, so I'll just have to warn. We're not spoiling
0: anything about that plot.
1: <laughs> but isn't like the well, it's a minor detail. But isn't like the there's the, I think there's later parts to that quest where as you continue to help them, they end up like hating each other
0: right yeah it does it but does th- go down an interesting like near level route
1: yeah but i i think like early on like the first quest where you have to bring her across on her back and cross the bt area that that is required because i did that oh, and really? i probably okay. wouldn't i probably wouldn't yeah i'm pretty sure that's required but i think there's like later elements to that couple you know i gotta check. up yeah where well, they end up hating each other, and like you know, the guy is always complaining about the woman as you uh, in his little hologram as you talk to him.
0: Yeah, because he ends up like wanting to marry her, and that's the thing. Yeah,
1: but then I think he regrets it. Um, I. I uh, that's
0: that's a fetch I, I, quest. I,
1: they're all fetch quests,
0: right? They're all fetch quests, but it but it, calling it a fetch quest, it seems like. No. I thought
1: it was required.
0: Um, junk dealer. You do have to talk to the junk dealer, I think, for something. Um, but I don't... I, I'm i not sure. That felt like a side quest, though, because I felt like I it was b- beside the story, and it's just like, hey, it would be really helpful if we had this junk dealer on board. And then it's like, okay, well, you know what? fine it sounds like it sounded important so I'll go do it and then it's like no I think that junk dealer wasn't an optional one all right so my my bad then because I it it, yeah I, I interpreted that wrong
1: um my um you know my one uh my one friend he he loves Death Stranding and I was watching him play I was over at his house the other weekend and he was playing the director's cut yeah and he just like he's just going back and forth, and, and he, he he was he was in the the second area and the third chapter, and he wanted he wanted to max out these these uh, these um you know these connections so badly that he was um he would steal a a, a mule car a car. And this was before he could even like make his own own trucks. So he'd steal a mule truck, load it up with items, drive it back and forth until the time timefold destroyed it, then steal another mule car. And not, I, nice. I, 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 it, it is fascinating to me how and how addicted he got to that gameplay loop because I, I did not feel the same de- desire as him to max out all these connections and and um you know, keep delivering cargo and building up the roads, but he loved it. So, you know, I'm glad he found something he liked as much as he did, but I I was more of the, you know, complete the maiden story, maybe build a few roads and zip lines to help me out with that. But I wasn't like, I I, I didn't get as into it as some people did.
0: Zip lines are the best thing. Once I had those, I'm like, oh my God, this game is so much more tolerable. At this point, and you don't get them till way late in the game. It's very unfortunate. If I could have, but you, you
1: I, get them in like the fifth chapter. That yeah, that's not that,
0: but five, not that late five and pass. And once you're past the fifth chapter, though, that like the game is going to the end. Like it fast tracks to the end there because you get like three chapters back to back in terms of the way the game calls them chapters because they label them in game. Yeah. So, so like that. Getting to chapter five, because like chapter two or chapter three is huge. It's it's forever. Uh, and then like one of the chapters is literally like a 30-minute boss fight. Yeah. So when we <laughs> say that, like you say chapter five, but that's... Chap- chapter three is
1: like, is like 15 hours of gameplay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's 10 the or thing. 15 hours of The, game the chapters are yeah. not of
0: equal length or quite representative of where you are in the game in terms of how much time it takes. So yeah, I got to correct you a little bit on that one. But so what I wanted to get into, um, ah, shoot, train of thought, come on, come on back to the station. Uh, what I was going to talk about, well, I I was going to bring up like Super Mario RPGs where I got, uh, my, my love for the mini games and and stuff like that. And I want to do a quick shout out. It's not a side quest necessarily, but in, uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Crystal Chronicles, Crystal Bearers for the Wii. They do a lot of like mini games in not only the store it, for the story as well. And I lo- I just like it when RPGs shake up gameplay because I want the combat to be good, but I like there to be different types because if you're, you're just doing combat, even if the combat's really good, like it can still feel a bit tedious. So I like there to be some side activities. I like it to feel like an adventure, and I think that when you have the mini games, it feels like it. And I realize that's demanding, but I'm not talking about like huge uh that i need like tons of huge things and i'm fine if they recycle it like final fantasy 7 also a great example i'll go although also a huge mini game or an i shouldn't say a huge game it is final fantasy 7 the original is a huge game in general for even by its standards um although people also go off about the card game for final fantasy 8 the uh shoot triple think, triad triple triad yes so like even one mini game can go throughout or like final like Which are three had Gwent, and people love that. And I I indulged in it very not not too much, but just enough, much to my own comfort. Now I remember. So, like with the whole like topic, uh, the whole point we were discussing about like how the game should map out and give us some stuff about the the information, give us just enough information. I wanted to gush a little bit about Metroid Dread. Uh, since i've been playing that so this is not a spoiler at all i'm just going to talk about the map and how the map works and you're going to like this so i think metroid dread's map is actually really well done because you were, you also brought up how the other metroids were, were working so in this one just like before there's the you, it fills in as you walk around and then you can find rooms that'll give you map data and it'll give you it'll block out like parts of the zone but not not as specifically as it used to be before because it'll actually show like some geometry now inside the map since it's a more modern game but it won't it's not like the old one where it's just the blocks it'll actually do yeah uh, it'll actually show some geometry inside the map but then it just blocks out the zone so you know oh this map's gonna stretch around this way so as we all know or or should know about metroid is that you'll find doors and gates and there's ways and you need specific tools to open up different paths if you encounter a door or a gate that you're not sure how to do they already have their unique icons, and they pop in on the map. And when you move the cursor over the, over the icon on the map, if you don't know what it is, it shows question marks. If there's an item you see on there, and it, even if it appears on screen, it'll put it on the map, and you can highlight it, and it'll tell you, like, missile tank, energy tank, or whatever the other uh, types of upgrades there might be for it. And you can... Um, and it'll say acquired or not acquired so the icon will either go is is solid or then it goes opaque once you collect it but then also it says in words on it when you highlight it this was acquired also there's some interactive devices that you have to um uh work with so when you see a point of interest it will pop it on the map you'll highlight it if you if it doesn't know what it is or whatnot it will pop in the name or it'll say question mark and it'll also say in parentheses interacted or used or what uh i forget what the exact word is but it if you do use it it says used or interacted and you that way you know yes you've been there you don't have to go back and check if you've actually touched the thing so so far i've really enjoyed using the map and i think it's been giving me just the amount of items uh they do have a percentage and there's a couple different sections so each one has their own percentage i don't know if there they, is... they
1: started they started that with samus returns where we would tell you percentage for each area and okay. i liked that as I, well i don't know that was if it's useful
0: I don't know if there's an overall percentage. I haven't looked too deeply in the menu.
1: But yeah, I read. I did read yeah. that about Metroid Dread, and and for our listeners, I I was gonna get it yesterday, but mm-hmm. I I uh, happened to see on Twitter that the special edition a few few came in stock, so I ordered that. So I'm awaiting my special edition. So I'm I'm a, it's a little frustrating being patient, and I suppose I like could just go and buy the digital copy and. And, uh, you know, play that until I get the special edition, but I'm not not that impatient, but I am excited to play it. Um, but I, 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 heard, I, heard, I did read that about the map, that it's good about highlighting things. And that's nice, because in Samus Returns, they would give you like 10 or 20 or so markers that you could use on the map in each section. And what I would end up doing is when I came across a door of a certain type, I would give it a colored marker. So I was already kind of doing that manually to help me remember where it could go back and potentially open up a new area and, and likely find an upgrade. So it's nice to know in Dread that I won't have to do that. Um, and then when you save them, save the map markers for something more important.
0: Yeah, and then when you get the, the item in question that opens up gates, all the icons on those maps that related to that will now say what they were for. So you can go back and go, oh, that was that, this is that. So all the ones you ran into, you're like, oh, I know that. Also. Uh, I'm going to take a moment here, Ed, and blow you up because that's not the full story for Metroid dread, because uh, as listeners, of the podcast will know you're a huge Metroid fan. So when the Metroid dread was announced and then the special edition was revealed, you and I were talking and I was like, Oh man, you're going to get the special edition, right? And you went, no, I'm not going to get the special edition. (laughs) And I'm like, why are you not getting the special edition for a game? You've been going for a series that is like one of your top two favorite series. And you're like, I don't like the physical stuff in it. I'm like, how are you not just buying it for the sake of, like, it is the game you've been waiting for? You're like, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't want to waste the money on it. And I'm like, <laughs> you're blowing my mind, man. But, okay, that's how it is. Fast forward to the other day, and you had your physical copy in hand, bought from GameStop. Also, and I'm going to call you out on this, because I, like, now, once again, if real life, you ha- you don't have the time, I get it. Like, obviously, you know, in, this is also... uh uh you also have grounds for blowing me up in the future if you need to uh if i ever double back on something or you need to double i double back on something um is that you told me I'm, I'm at GameStop. there's like 10 people in line i'm not dealing with this and uh also oh yeah that's right i'm getting a little ahead of myself also it's like the announced the amiibo i'm like dude you're totally getting the amiibo right and you're like I forget exactly what you told me, but it was either a combination I think I of. I
1: guess I, I said I already have some Metro Amiibo because I already have a few of the Metro Amiibo. I
0: forget if you said they're they're expensive. I hate that they're sold out. I don't want to have to pre-order them. Or I, um, I
1: think I said I might, might, maybe I said I don't like Emmy or something.
0: Something like that. I don't know. You're like I, mean, I don't. Yeah, but,
1: but, you also what is I made up a bunch of excuses and ah, now that ah, I have the oh, okay. Let me finish, okay. let
0: me finish. Yes, that's good, but hang on, let me finish. You also said you hated the uh the DLC features they were given. And we had a discussion Which so I'm like, I get it if you don't if you're not, but I thought personally that they weren't weren't big cuz it's like it's one extra energy tank, it's one extra set of missiles or it's a missile refiller. Yeah, yeah. Once a day for things. And I'm like that's not that's not too big. That's just a bonus. So I don't I don't feel that's egregious. Um that's a that is just a nice little perk for having them. But you were like, no, I don't even like that on principle. Like, I'm not, no, none of that stuff. I'm just buying my copy of the game, and I'm fine. And I like physical, so I'm getting physical. I'm like, all right, dude. Once again, fat. Resuming our fast forward back to that point of you, te- you're t- we're texting about it. I'm like, hey, man, I downloaded. It. I even sent you a picture because I ended up staying up, so I, I stayed up. I downloaded it. I'm like, is it available at midnight? And it was. I was very happy. So I played it for like 30 minutes. It was great. And uh. In the morning, you text me and be like, I'm at GameStop. There's like 10 people in line. I'm I'm not dealing with this. I'm just going home. I'll pick it up at lunch. I'm like, for real, man? And I'm like, all right. And then I was thinking about, like, well, if you don't have time, you don't have time. And then it hit me, and I, I texted you as soon as I thought of it. It was like, dude, you should have stayed. Like, there might have been the Amiibo because you were you were coming back around on it because then you started coming back around. I'm like, all right, dude. Well, you know how to get them. And like it's like, okay. They probably have some at the stores and stuff. And then I texted you, and you're like, you picks up the copy. I'm like, oh, did you, did they have any But You're like, didn't even look, didn't even care. I'm like, what? I don't <laughs> understand you at all, dude. Lo and behold, like two out, like what was it? Was it an hour? It was later? like f-
1: f- fifteen minutes later. I I I I happened to be checking Twitter, and I saw that like Wario sixty four had had tweeted out that. The special edition was available at GameStop and some other retailers. And then the amiibo were available at Amazon. So I mean you can finish or I can. But yeah. I ended up ordering the amiibo and they ended up ordering the special edition from GameStop. And then going back and returning the the standard edition that I got from GameStop. So I and I, I think my words to you were those like Oh, I was just lying to myself because yeah. I couldn't get it.
0: <laughs> I have to share from my experience because I I I find it infinitely amusing the way this processed is that you texted us because me, Mike, and Ed are in a in a in a group chat. So he texted us and going like, "Should I get the the special editions available at GameStop online? Should I return my copy and get the special edition?" And I'm like, "Why? You, you know, you, me, and Mike all sometimes ask just stupid questions just to just to rile each other up." And it, I was like, he, he he's not, he can't be serious. And I'm like, no, you don't. And I i was just on a, on a short fuse from, from work. And I'm like, no, you, you didn't like the physical stuff. There's no reason for you to buy it. You have the game, play the game. And you're like, but I really want it. And I'm like, oh my God. And then you're like, I also want the amiibo too. And I was just like, bro, have you learned your lesson? <laughs> and you say, what lesson? And I'm like that you want to buy all the Metroid things, And then your response was perfect. I guess, cause I just ordered it all. And I was like, there you go. Like from now on it, like just remember if a Metroid thing comes out and it's official, just buy it. Stop, stop well, pretending. Well, the, the,
1: le- <laughs> the lesson I learned is that if there is a special edition and I don't get it on pre-order, wait. I like, I didn't, I didn't know that there were going to be a bunch of them available. I probably would have waited to see. Um, but now,
0: well, that's part of the, I'm lesson. rolling Ed, my that, eyes that, at Ed. I'm just like, just, just, you know, you love it. Just pre-order it. Just do it. Well,
1: I, I couldn't, I would have pre-ordered it. I couldn't have, it was all sold out. back Oh, when I, I thought had, you, uh, you know? so the so part of the reason I was like, eh, I don't want this is because, well, I can't have it. So I guess I'll decide that I don't want it and feel better about it. Oh my but God. That is I, the worst
0: attitude. Just be like, you, 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 I used to be a little bit like that with a, in a bunch of ways of like, oh, I just make excuses to convince myself I don't want the thing. And now I just accept like, well, I wanted the thing and now I'm just sad. And I'm like, that's fine. And uh, just be real about it. Um, (laughs) And now I don't, I don't recall exactly, but I thought you said you could, but also you were, like the, and I,
1: I did, I did see a, a couple pictures and videos online of the special edition and the art book that I thought was kind of be going to be kind of cheap yeah, is actually like is really big. It's actually really big and kind of sturdy. So I, part of it is I got a better look at what was offered in the special edition. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe they this do a better job
0: it. with that stuff. Because if you don't see the exact thing, it's, it's hard to tell if it's actually worth your while. Yeah, so I'm with you on that one. And I think that's a disservice that marketing does to the thing. I thought before, because we were talking, like you didn't want to you you thought the PS5, and it was, like the pre-order stuff was like a pain in the butt. So I thought <laughs> Now the cat is getting inside a bag. Like it is well, it it is Ed's fault that there is a bag for the that is out that the cat can, can find. Um but the uh yeah, I thought you you didn't even try to pre-order it because, like, obviously we knew once the stuff was going up. No, like,
1: I, I I tried. Well, I, I, I don't didn't think I out. I don't think you told us you tried. Out. I think you
0: just went straight oh. to the excuses. You must have tried like before you, the text. We started texting about it, and you must have like tried and couldn't, and that must have been why you just went into the conversation going, "I don't even want it. It's so dumb." And. So that's a piece of the puzzle that i was missing i
1: was in the office that day Mm. remember like i watched i think i watched the e3 presentation at at lunch and i had to go back down to like the area of the office that was like had poor cell reception so there was no way i was going to be able to like you know watch for the twitter notifications and jump on it so i just didn't have the app i actually was able to get the shin megami tensei five special edition when, even though I was at the office because I was at eating lunch at my desk up where I had better reception, <laughs> and I get the notification, I'm like, "Okay, Amazon order." So I felt so lucky to get that, but so it was kind of a bummer that like I didn't get the dread one. But now I have them both, so
0: I'm yep. happy. Yep. So, and then I've just been uh, telling, trying to convince Ed to just buy the digital copy and start playing now because his uh, his special edition is being shipped. To his parents house which is, um, is, is gonna be. where
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive up there after this and yeah. I'm gonna be there for a week
0: so that that's the thing it's not arriving at, at where he is right now so he's gotta wait despite being the super fan which if he would have just done the thing in the first place but he tried so you know what I I apologize for that I didn't realize that you had tried and that it happened I thought you didn't even try
1: um, I I couldn't there was, there was no success there just cause I was too late
0: I wasn't fast enough no worries but yeah, so that was our side quest tangent right there uh, of of a conversation. Um, yeah, that's
1: like a real, a real life side quest. All the all the steps involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the I'm trying to think of what else. So I yeah, I I think it's a nice balance of like the side quests should be noted that they're in the game and then how to get them should be you can suss that out and you can get clues. I think that's the the ideal there re- reiterating what I said a little bit earlier. Um yeah, we were talking about the mini games. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about a little bit of puzzle solving. I wanted to call another really cool side quest. And so, Resident Evil games have always kind of had little side quests. They're like super small, but and it's usually just to find like uh, an extra item or like an item upgrade or something like that or some more resources, stuff like that. It's rarely ever super required. Oh, it wouldn't be a side quest if it was required. But in Resident Evil Seven, they had these this cool new type of side quest where you find two pictures. Um, you don't know there's two until you know that there's only two but there's two pictures that so there's two of this type of side quest you get a picture it's like a polaroid it's like a really kind of crappy polaroid of a location and says there's an item here if you go and it doesn't tell you anything else so it's you, up to you to like suss out and look around and like okay what's what's the deal here so once you if you can figure out where it is then you go then the area where you're supposed to look to is now turned into an interactable and you can follow the prompt, and then when you follow the prompt, you find the extra, the bonus upgrade. I think that was really cool because it's like a scavenger hunt style thing, and that was actually kind of neat, especially the way Resident Evil games were. So you know, it's much more tight, smaller spaces. So you're, uh, you it's like an Easter egg hunt, and you get to kind of check nooks and crannies. The one part that I'm kind of on un, undecided about, and I was mentioning this is like kind of like sequence breaking, is that I think it is kind of weird that. Um, the, the prompt can't exist. So even if you're looking around, you looked at the exact spot, even on repeat playthroughs, you can't access the extra, you can't access that secret until you get the photo as if it's like a thing like, hey, there's no way for you to know you your character would never check this unless you had a reason to look for it. And I think that um, I don't know how I feel about that in general. That is a, a very strange. Yeah, I, I just don't know because like I get that having the extra activity, but not being able to sequence break that seems I don't know. I wish there there was um, a reasonable way to sequence break it in, in some regard. Um, the but what I, what I did want to we're getting cl- close to the end of the episode here is I wanted to post another scenario here. Ed, as I was thinking about it, is because as we talked about side quests are by their nature. Um, uh, Optional and they're off to the side, but there's rarely like even a linear game like Metroid or something like that. You were talking about like quest givers, um, and we were talking a little bit about like how do they fit into the story pacing because that can affect people's judge or that affects people's experience based on whether or not it's it's throwing off the immersion when the story has the sense of urgency. But there's this thing. Um, what would you feel about like because I think about games like uh, Uncharted and The Last of Us and like and they. To some extent, they do work in some side quests, but they're much, like, smaller things. Like, like Metroid style, where, like, oh, you kind of know there's, like, a side objective, and you can choose to, like, go out of your way a little bit and find a thing, and you'll get, like, some upgrades or a new material or whatever. What do you feel about, like, with story-based, with something like, um... What if it was, like, woven into the plot that there were natural side quest breaks? Say you're in, like, a conversation, and the plot would go, like, hey, so, like, we know that this is the main objective. But we've got some information that says, well, if we do this, we might find something useful. Now, typically, this is, like, dialogue you would find in a normal side quest. Like, But instead of it just being off to the side with NPCs, it's, it's actually woven into the actual, like, cutscenes. Where it'd be like, okay, well, hey, um, we could go here next. But actually, we just got some information that says maybe we can, that if we go here or we do this... Would you do you think we should do that? And it's like asking you as the player, and you could say yes and like take on side quest, or no, and then it's basically like go on to main quest. Do you feel like you would respond better to certain quests if they were actually like they tried to weave them in and make sense as like, hey, we're we're deliberately like taking a break to do this, but you could totally not, you could totally choose to deny it. And it's like okay, well that makes sense. We put the offer inside the story and you just chose not to take that little branch of a path. What do you think of that kind of concept?
1: Uh, I don't know if it really matters to me how organically they integrate a side quest into the game. Like I'm I'm kind of okay with like video gamey logic where well, the world, end of the world is coming, but you know, I want to go fishing
0: there's infinite time until you do the thing
1: yeah i'm not i'm not one of those people who goes on about what what is the term like ludonarrative dissonance have you heard that term Mm -hmm. people always talk about like the gameplay not meshing with the story elements that doesn't bother me i mean it's a video game um you know, it's it's almost better when games just embrace the gaminess of their side quests and their main quests. Like I said, like where you don't like in the Xenoblade, where you you don't have to go back to the quest giver to get the, you know, automatically you you kill five of these things and and money just appears in your in your wallet. So <laughs> I like I like that better. Like I like I'm I'm more on the side of things that I'd rather it be fun and easy to play than worry about realism or immersion. Um, yeah. So that really doesn't matter to me too much.
0: I would think I'd like, um, I w- it's for a different type of game. I don't think like an open world style game, but I would like maybe for like a, more of like a straightforward like action adventure. It would be nice for that to be like side, for there to be like side quests. And even to some extent, like um, if you meet certain criteria, you get the side quest and if you don't meet the criteria you don't get the side quest. I think I would like it if it to try having side quests like more organically woven into a story so that way i uh, it would it would just flow better. I think then you could have deliberate pacing and I think you could write it better. Like that's the thing like some of these side quests are treated in ways that are not um uh, you know they're just throwaway, they're extra. And I think I think I would like that. I would rather have fewer side quests, with each one being meatier and more like impactful or world building. And I'm not even talking about rewards, just the world building and the character uh, character growth. I would prefer that, so it could also tie back in. Because sometimes, sometimes and I don't know if this bothers you. It sounds like it wouldn't bother you. Is like sometimes you can get some extra information in side quests that feel like you hit something in the main quest. It's like oh, those those two things were related. But the characters don't even react to it because they they have to pretend or it has to work like that you never did that side quest so i don't know does that has that ever happened to you have you ever noticed that and it, it's and it hasn't had any uh have you got any reaction to it
1: where a side quest kind of introduces information that would affect the main story but the characters just kind of ignore it Yes.
0: Hmm.
1: I can't think of anything like that. Um, but
0: Well, other than your your example earlier from The Witcher where one of the NPCs was like, wow, you like helping a lot of people.
1: Okay. Oh, from Neo, The World Ends With You? Yeah. I guess the other... The oh, other, that was... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, that's where they acknowledge that, like, hey, there's this grand crisis and we're just helping someone, you know, yeah. find find their lost necklace or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Persona 5 also does that where, you know, every every month there's some new crisis that you have to solve and you have to go into a dungeon to, you know, stop yourself from, you know, getting in trouble. And, um, you know, you can go and do all your side activities, like you can go to class or go hang out with your friends. but. If, you, if the deadline's still there and you haven't taken care of the main quest they'll always be like hey uh shouldn't we go to the palace and and save our save our butts and the and I'll and I'll be, uh, you know your character can say nah, we got time and they'll be like okay I guess you're right but they're always like and they're always like messaging you on your phone like hey let's go to the palace I'm a little worried and you're like nah it's no big deal we yeah. can do it later
0: so there's but, a I was gonna gonna say games like Witcher 3 and Mass Effect where the conversation and all that stuff it's built into the design of the game where a lot of stuff can loop into each other um I I really appreciate when they do that and I wouldn't mind if the games were more uh detailed in that regard and less expansive and more detailed and I would also say shout out um from uh to 12 minutes for this because I was I, play, I didn't play 12 minutes. I watched 12 minutes. Um, I don't remember if I talked about it on the episode about uh, my feelings with that. But I do want to say that I was really impressed by the level of detail in terms of how interacting or doing things in different orders and stuff could have all these different interactions. And you, it, it's trial and error. You have to suss it out. But the level of detail that they're able to achieve by just having that smaller space. And I'm pretty sure this is like, why Yakuza and Judgment are the way they are because they, they commit to a much smaller world and just get more detail-oriented so they can do a lot more. I, I think I prefer that, and I would like to see that more because while Tails has a great uh, travel system and I've enjoyed the the character uh, interactions and things that are there, I find with the side quest dialogue, the, the intro dialogue and the like exit dialogue, um, it's oftentimes just overwritten. Whereas I'm like, you could have you could boil this down a few more sentences. Like this didn't need to be like three pa- like two pages. It could have been a couple of exchanges, and it would have felt more natural and, and more rewarding. Um, but that's uh, oh like once again like I'm really enjoying Tales, so overall that that's great. But that that's the thing is I think developers are so desperate to pad out games and make make the experience worth sixty dollars, and th- I do say like. There's something to that, to um, uh, the consumer side where people like want really long experiences for the amount of money they're paying. And that's not to disrespect. I think that there is something there for meat on the bones, Um, but that also we'll get into, uh, we're going to have sort of a follow-up topic, not necessarily the next episode for just for our listeners information, but we do plan on doing an episode about replay value. And we'll talk about like side quests again, a little bit there and just about what what uh, reasonably makes sense to consider value for the game and to what extent, when is it actually added value and when is that just the nature? Because games are naturally replayable. You could replay a game a bunch of different times even if it's not really designed to be replayed and you could do different things with it that are your own self, but where does that go into the, where should we consider that with the actual value? So I'd say that, let's let's end on, on that question here is, so Ed, Do you do you think like, Oftentimes, side quests are like valuable adds to the to the game, and they make it feel worth the price. Or do you feel oftentimes you've kind of wasted your time with that? And the, or where where do you think uh, side quests fit in terms of the dollar value for the game?
1: Um, I th- I think it's nice to have enough side quests to extend the length of a game to you know, something that you feel like you got your value for. Um, But I I know enough about what I like to do in games where if the side quests are something that are tedious, that I still enjoy the main game, then I'm okay just not doing them and um you know i don't mind short games um usually usually for like a an rpg i like it to be a little longer but even if the game's like 25 to 30 hours and i like the story and the gameplay like that's that's fine with me um you know i'm playing um i just finished psychonauts 2 and i'm playing ratchet clank rift apart and soon metroid dread mm-hmm. and all of those are like 10 15 hour 20 hours max games and um I don't focus too much on the length of the game, so I usually don't feel like I need it to be padded with side quests. Um, although I do, I mean, I do, I guess a part of the reason I do like RPGs is because I do feel like I get a good value out of them. But if something's like a really tightly woven experience and it, um, you know, it's high quality throughout, then I'm I'm usually okay with it. And and sometimes like the fact that it doesn't have side quests to pad out the length is why it is so well done. Cause sometimes side quests can, you know, if they're really poorly done and tedious, they can bring down the quality of the game.
0: Yeah. Bringing up tales one last time I like I've spent over 70 hours in it and I really don't feel like it's been added at all in in a way. Like I've been doing the side quests, but that's because I want to, I'm having so much fun in the game. I enjoy the world. I enjoy the characters And the game has respected my time in ways like talk to a quest giver. I already have the items. The conversation doesn't even skip a beat. Your character just goes, oh, we have those. And the game just prompts you, are you ready to give those up? Because it still deducts stuff from your inventory when it's like resources. Um, So
1: you don't even have to like talk to them again after you get the quest. It just is all one exchange? Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, uh, for like the fetch quest style stuff. Now, some of the – a lot of the combat ones aren't, but there have been a couple – where it was like, oh, did you, you know, this bo- this enemy was kind of tough. And actually, I think some of them were like, it was almost like it was the boss. And I had to fight the boss. And then the, an NPC was like, hey, we'd really appreciate it if you bo- fought the boss. Oh, we did. We killed the boss. And like, oh, great. So it's almost like an extra bonus, it seems. It's weird. Maybe I'm missing something. But there, most of the fights I've had to go out and they were a side fight. Fu- I'd have to do a, an extra fight. But some of them are where if you manage to beat the enemy, uh, a couple of them have been if I've already beaten the enemy or meet the requirement, they'll it'll it'll just keep the exchange going. So that's been great. Um, and then the fast travel system is excellent in it. You at the loading times and I'm playing on PC, but if you're playing on like PS5, I imagine it's really quick. Um, and there's plenty of like uh, checkpoints and stuff for you to teleport to. It's really really accessible. So I I've just been that I've almost padded that game out for myself. Also the selectable difficulty levels and I I've mentioned like. It feels really weirdly, it's all over the place in terms of difficulty, but you can just change the difficulty sliders as much as you want, whenever you want. I think you can even change it mid-combat. I don't know if it affects it in the middle of the fight or not, but I think I can do it. Um, Yeah, I, I felt like the game's respected my time, and I'm just enjoying getting everything out of that game that I can, and I really, I feel like I've gotten the value and I agree too. Like it doesn't need to be that long. I've played games that are half that long and had a great experience. Like the uh, the two Last of Us, I'll say. Like they didn't. They might even have been a, a little too long, if you want to say that. But I've enjoyed every moment of them in like 25 hours and even shorter. I'm fine. I I don't know how long Metroid's gonna take, but I'm I'm already super satisfied with with what I've played, and it already feels so big. Cause I'm gonna go by go back through. And I'm gonna try and grab upgrades as I can. Just because that game is a, a fairly challenging, and some of the stuff it seems like it's meant to be brute-forced uh, a little bit, and there's room for brute-forcing besides the intended stuff. So, um,
1: yeah. I'm going to need those extra extra tanks from those amiibo.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But yeah, I, I think um, side quests uh, can add a lot, and I prefer it if they would treat side quests more as... Um, like these expansions of the main game rather than sometimes just busy work. MMORPGs, that's one of the problems with them is like they're like all side quests and or like their side quests are rarely ever good. And there are exceptions. I've heard Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, Final Fantasy Online 2, that's what I call it, uh, has probably got some good ones in there, but most of them are probably just junk. And so I wish like it'd be nice to see. Like I said, um a game where the side quests get written in some way so there's like these natural breaks, it keeps the pacing. I wouldn't say like you're locked off from it if you say no, but like I would love to see an experiment with that, but in general I would prefer to see fewer side quests and more meat on the bone with them, whether that's character interaction or uh like mini games or stuff like that, instead of trying to, to pad out like and have a, a larger number of quests, like just a handful that are like super good and add a lot to the experience and they can get referenced in the the plot later and make sense and maybe change up some scenes if if you actually did them so yeah um overall side side quests can be good that's where i'm going to leave it side quests can be good any last thoughts from you ed
1: yeah i mean just i hope uh hope developers keep trying to make good side quests because Sometimes that can be the best part of the game. Um, not always, but there's something that can be worthwhile. So I guess, yeah, like you said, Cycus can be good and I, I like it when they are.
0: You know what? I thought of one more good question, so let me just throw that out there. Uh, I, I know I've kept saying stuff, but whatever. That, the whole point of this is to let the conversations breathe. So, would you uh, what do you think of like, and I'm not talking like, well, I guess a story expansion, is kind of a side quest, sort of. But what do you what would you think if some if a uh, if for some of these games they sold like a side quest pack of DLC? Now some games they just add them in for free. Um, like Tails actually just recently did some new DLC, both some paid and some unpaid. And their free DLC is like bonus battle missions inside the training grounds area that they have. Um, would you be interested if they were like gonna sell a pack of? extra content. That's like these are all side missions you don't have to do them, but if you replay then there's these new quests to do and you get some extra rewards or there's new character moments or world building. Would that would you find that interesting at all or do you think like that should totally if they're going to do that it should be free.
1: Would you have to like replay the game to access those?
0: If you're in the middle of a save file, like that's the other thing, we didn't even touch on like I think the side quests, like, you should never get locked out of side quests. I think you should always design your game around never locking someone out of side quests, unless it's, like, the final point of no return, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, or even... They, if,
1: should t- they should tell you when there's a point of no return.
0: Right, and when you beat the game, it should put you back at, like, they should create, like, a new world state that is, like, you can go back through and clean stuff up. Some games are really good about that, so I'm not saying they don't exist, but I'm saying, like, more games It's very
1: It's that. very common that games do that these days. That's almost, like, expected, that you're able to to go back after the quest and clean up your side
0: quest depending on the game type because some like they don't do it because they they don't think it makes sense but yeah um so the uh but yeah what it would be it would be easily accessible ideally so if it's just they're going to do a pack of side quest dlc like we're going to add just a whole bunch of little things to the game Would, would you be interested in buying that or do you think that kind of stuff would only should only be free
1: I think I'd rather have just a separate side story than an expansion than a bunch of side quests. Um, But you know, I didn't I didn't play the vanilla Persona Five, but I guess Persona Five Royal or like um, you know the I guess also like the Final Fantasy Fifteen Royal Edition. They they make significant changes to the game, so that's kind of like that's kind of like what those are, Mm -hmm. where it's a new version of the game. And the changes in it are kind of like integrated throughout. So, um, I guess I, I can't see myself spending spending money on DLC just to add a bunch of side quests unless unless I really read that they were just excellent. So the, um,
0: yeah so the closest thing to what I'm talking about would have been Witcher Three uh, Heart of Heart, Heart of Stone expansion that they did. And that was the first big DLC expansion. And that is basically a giant side quest. And the funny thing is, I'd already beaten the main uh, story by the time it came out. So when I played it, I was able to experience and realize that, oh, this was actually supposed to be like part of the thing. And you're supposed to play this before you beat the story because there's ramifications. And now they, they knew this. So they put it into the game that the game can account for the fact that you've already completed the main quest and changed up some of the dialogue options. Um But it was originally intended for the way it goes that you can bring it into, that you're supposed to play this before the end of the main quest. And it could just be a whole bunch of side quests and stuff because I think it's a slightly unique area. Or at least it's just a unique quest chain. So I would say, you know what, as long as it's good, I'm fine with it. If it's meaty and hearty, um, it's good. But it needs to meet those other criteria where you can hop back in, you can play it, and... You don't feel like it's completely out of sequence if you've already beaten the game because sometimes this dlc comes out super far into the future um that's another thing i don't remember if we actually talked about it on a, the one dlc episode of like they should totally just be transparent about what's coming in quests and how they work or what's coming in dlc and, and all that but if i had if we didn't say that before i'm saying it now like season mystery contents of season passes should go away you should know exactly what you're getting and they should go into detail about what what's going to be so yeah quick, quick call back to that um ed thank you so much for once again being on the podcast with me and thank you to all our listeners for for tuning in uh, we hope you uh enjoyed the conversation we can not talk to you again later
1: Bye.